0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and we... Oh boy, guess what we're starting with today? Please, no, anything, but... uh, I was... We brought it up in the pre-show meeting, so I already know what's going to happen. That's right, baby. Samuels is wrong. Everybody's favorite segment. And I warned you that this was going to happen because on Friday, I said specifically, when you were giving Chase Claypool crap in saying that he was going to be a low floor option the rest of the season, I told you when he went off this weekend, I was going to tell you how wrong you were. And now here I am. Telling you how wrong you were. Chase Claypool gets you over eighteen fantasy points. That is a stud performance, and you were wrong wrong. wrong, wrong. I we did not have the information at that point that Deontay Johnson was going to be out. Um he looked like he was going to be out. You just didn't look close enough. Well, doesn't matter um, because I'm actually not even going to let you finish this section without pulling up the fact that we did Flex play pr- predictions last week did we not Nope I don't remember those why would we why would we talk about Flex plays to end our week well <laughs> we definitely did and you definitely said that Devonte freeman was going to be a flex worthy option Devonte freeman uh okay he got you 6.8 fantasy points and you know sometimes the flex position uh only gets you then that... <laughs> uh no no i'm not gonna let you charm your way out of this one you think i'm charming no no i don't um So I don't know why I even brought up you charming your way out of any situation. I think I'm a very charming guy. And I think that that is why the listeners will forgive me for assuming that Devante Freeman in a game where the friggin' Giants were ahead, like, the entire game, that Devante Freeman would have a better day. The dude had 18 carries, like... What more can you ask for is from an opportunity standpoint. Yes, but he only had two targets. He caught one of them for negative four yards, and his efficiency was terrible. He averaged 3.4 yards per carry, which, like, I mean, that's that's what we're going to be getting from Devontae Freeman the entire season. That's why I didn't have any confidence in him, and that's why I was telling you that you were wrong about this. Well, the good news is... Um, you did not see literally any Wayne Gallman Jr. Wayne Gallman Jr. had zero touches. He had zero targets. So this is Devontae Freeman's backfield. If the Giants get going, Devontae Freeman is still a good option in the future. But but you, hands down, had the worst call of the week. So Schlanger is wrong. That's not the name of the section, bro. Um the name of the section is Samuels is wrong, and you still said that Antonio Gibson was going to have a good flex worthy game, and he couldn't even get you double digit points. But okay, but he got nine point five PPR points, and nine and a half points from the flex position is not ideal. I admit it was not a great call, but it doesn't it doesn't ruin your week quite like six point eight points. That's that's less than a three-point difference, bro. Like, you cannot give me that crap. You had a bad call. Everything in this game was a bad call. The Washington football team and the New York Giants are both bad calls. I could not agree with you more. There, look at us agreeing on things. I know, bro. I really honestly, I like it when we agree on things because then we're both happy and our listeners are happy. People don't listen to us for us to agree on things. I don't know why I'm the one arguing this side. And in fact, if I were to go back and re-record this podcast, I would have me arguing that I really like it when we get along. No, it's garbage when we get along. I hate getting along with you. It's absolutely terrible when we get along because there's nothing entertaining about that. The only reason why we have this podcast is so I can argue and tell you how wrong you are. No, but getting along is just so nice and I think that good things happen when we get along. We have a lot to talk about today. We have an entire slate of games. We will not be hitting the entire slate of games because of what happened last week. We missed a lot of information. Um, we brushed over things and basically we're just repeating stats, which I don't like doing. I like analysis, and I like when we work less hard, so... For both of those reasons, we will not be covering every single game, but we will be covering important players and important games from this weekend. Plus, we are going to throw in our flex plays and finish analyzing uh, our picks from last week because I was right about some things. Yeah, but you're not usually right about things. But you know what I am right about? How great this drop is. So why don't you go ahead and hit it? This is the drop. This is the drop. This, this is, the drop. is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Boom boom bang bang and a bunch of other onomatopoeia. We're going to go ahead and kick this off with uh <laughs> we we kind of interrupted our uh, our flex uh our flex calls last week, didn't we? Yeah, but like um, we were mainly talking about in the first part how wrong we were, so I think it is also fair for us to talk about where we were right, and this is going to be a strange one. This one's on me, um, Devante Parker. This is one of those situations, and I think we've talked about this before on this podcast, we make decisions based on process and not product. We have to make calls based on opportunity and based on the odds of these people producing. Because in fantasy football, you do everything you can to mitigate risk while creating reward. And usually that is done by chasing opportunity. And in this case with Devonte Parker, boy did he have opportunity in a game in which the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets 24-0. Devante Parker had eight targets. That is double the targets of the next closest pass catcher, who was coincidentally Miles Gaskin, who was Samuel's. I'll I'll talk about Miles Gaskin in a second. Finish up, Devante Parker. It, okay, um, you chase opportunity, and yes, Devontae Parker only got you six point five fantasy points. Oh, so I'm sorry, Devante Freeman wasn't the worst uh, call that you had last week. It was actually Devontae Parker. <laughs> I'm just never going to predict a Devante ever again. Devante Adams is going to be garbage the rest of the season. I'm gonna call you wrong on that one. Um, oof! But you really not this weekend? Nope. But we're not talking about that Devante. Devante Parker will be better moving forward. I know he did not pan out this past week, and so we were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, don't don't put that on me. You were the one that called Devontae Parker. I was wrong on the call of Devontae Parker as a flex play. But I am confident with those targets, and I am, you know, I'm not going to apologize. You would never apologize for a thing. The Dolphins player I had you put in... Um, in your flex spot or in your RB2 spot was Miles Gaskin, who panned out. He got you 16.6 fantasy points. Um, Like Schlanger said, he was second on the team with four targets. Uh, It was a run-heavy game. And boy, did they run with Miles Gaskin. He, did, he didn't even get a touchdown. Like, uh, uh, Fitzmagic still threw for three touchdowns. It was just the yardage production for Miles Gaskin was just so solid. He gets you a solid fantasy day. But he wasn't even my best call of the week. Justin Jefferson, my guy, my dude, please, everybody, just go back to episode one of Samuels versus Schlinger that we put out at this point like two months ago. Uh, maybe a little bit more. Gosh, we're we're old. Yeah, I know, right? We're like thirty years old. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about. Um, I know, but I still feel it while we're sitting on a friggin' yoga ball. How old we are? We're n- God. Th- you're you're getting off the rails. Our podcast is almost exactly two months old, and almost exactly two months months ago, I made the call that by week six. Justin Jefferson would be an absolute stud option in Minnesota, with with, with him obviously overtaking um, Ola BC Johnson, who hasn't, I don't think he's had a single good game this season, and rivaling Adam Thielen for the most valuable pass catcher in Minnesota. And I was I was right, man. Justin Jefferson had himself a game, 37.6 fantasy points. Already the second time this season that he has eclipsed 30 fantasy points. And, he, I mean, it wasn't just a couple of big plays that he made. Like, he led the team in targets with over double the next closest uh, target getter. With Justin Jefferson getting 11, Thielen had five targets. Like, I, I have never been more proud of a preseason sleeper pick And this is why you should all listen to this podcast, because we say it as a joke, but I promise we will help you win your leagues, but we will also definitely entertain you along the way. Do you want to get going with the the recap of the week? I sure do, and because I already brought up Devontae Adams, um, I do just want to very briefly bring up the entire Green Bay Packers offense. I'm not going to dive very deeply into this. This game was an anomaly. The fact that, oh God, in one of our leagues, um, quarterbacks get negative one point per sack, which means Aaron Rodgers was outscored by Johnny frickin' Manziel this week. Tim Tebow came back from the dead and had a better fantasy week than Aaron freaking Rodgers. I just... I. It is. I love it. It's funny. It's funny things to look at. This is not how the Packers offense is going to look. I think this was hands down their worst game that they're going to have this season. Tampa Bay's defense is extremely underrated. We'd never think of them as a defense-heavy team, but they are second in the league right now in defensive DVOA. I don't have to tell you how good that is. They are... Maybe one of the best defensive teams in the country right now. The Packers got outcoached in this one. And, you know, it happens. So don't worry. You're going to be starting Devontae Adams. You're going to be starting Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones got you a touchdown, so he salvaged his day. You are going to start him moving forward. I have complete confidence in the Packers' offense. On the other side of that, and actually, I I do agree with you. I've got nothing to argue with there. On the other side of the ball in that game, you had Tampa Bay and Tom Brady throwing as vintage of a Tom Brady game as you possibly could for this reason, uh... (laughs) his top two targets were Rob Gronkowski and the slot receiver who historically has been Julian Edelman but this time was Chris Godwin and, and my big question to you Schlanger and I want you to take this because you sound as close to Gronk as any of us can I don't sound like Gronk you sound as bro- as broey as Gronk as fratty as Gronk yes but I sound Gronk does not sound like me Um, And since you are asking me about Gronk, I really, I think this might be the future. I mean, we know that Brady loves Gronk. We know that Gronk took a year off of football, so maybe it just took him a little bit of time to get back accustomed to the full game. I mean, he led the team in targets with eight. He was second on the team in fantasy points with 18.8 behind only Ronald Jones. I mean, this was... This was vintage Gronk. He looked great and he played great. And with OJ Howard refusing to step up, with Cameron Brait continuing to be a minorly used guy in specific situations, I Gronk is a pass catcher to look at uh, going forward. I disagree with you, and there it is. There it is. The guy who always wants to disagree. No, you're the guy who always wants to disagree. Well, you're disagreeing with me, right? We're not going to have this argument. Um, Jair Alexander is hands down Green Bay's best defensive back, and he was all over Mike Evans in this game. It's nice to be a slot receiver, and it's the same reason why I think Justin Jefferson is seeing so much of his success is you often don't have the best cornerback moving into the slot unless the best cornerback, unless, sorry, unless the best wide receiver on the team is without a doubt moving into the slot. Well, you have Mike Evans on the outside, so you can't have Chris Godwin follow him. Just like with Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen on the outside. You can't have good cornerbacks follow the guy into the slot. And Godwin's going to keep getting his. Uh, Mike Evans is going to have better games when he's not being locked down by an extremely good quarterback. uh, Sorry, cornerback. So I I think this was a flash in the pan for Gronk. It was good to see him have a vintage day. But I do not like him moving forward. Who I do like moving forward is Ronald Jones. He's the real deal. 26.1 fantasy points. I, I, I've been I've been his biggest doubter this entire time. See Samuels is wrong. Samuels is always wrong even when he's trying to become right. And yes, I absolutely was. He has had 15 or more fantasy points in each of the past three games. Sure he didn't have Leonard fournette trying to steal touches in the past two of them. but fournette was in this one. Fournette was on a pitch count because they're still trying to manage his injuries. But Fournette has been dealing with injuries his entire career. Who's to say that he's not going to be dealing with this injury for the rest of this year? And the teams that he's exploited in the past three weeks, uh, getting 15 or more fantasy points, are not easily exploitable defenses. Like, they are, at worst, middle-of-the-pack defenses. So, clearly, Ronald Jones has gained Tom Brady's trust. Clearly, even when they brought in Leonard Fournette, Bruce Arians was saying they wanted Ronald Jones— And there's a reason why we've been having this guy as a breakout candidate for the past two years since his rookie season, is because of the talent that we saw in college. Maybe, just maybe, that is coming out right now. Ronald Jones for the win. And speaking of running backs for the win, we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, baby. And I know Le'Veon Bell hasn't—he re- hasn't, he wasn't there for that game. He wasn't suited up. So there was no way that Le'Veon Bell was going to steal touches from him. But you, Samuels, spent the entire last episode telling me that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not going to be worth— Anything moving forward in this season, but boy, did he prove you wrong with 20.9 fantasy points, and he did it all without a touchdown. One of his, he got a touchdown called back on a penalty. This could have been a 27 fantasy point game, a 28 fantasy point game. So what now? You think that Le'Veon Bell is just going to show up and take away all of this, uh, all of this production from him? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I again I was I was saying that, that production will be 50-50 between Clyde Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, and there won't always be enough production for for that to go around. There won't always be enough offense for that to go around. I mean, even in this game, Daryl Williams put up 17.1 fantasy points. Daryl Williams was the one who got both of the touchdowns. So I think like Le'Veon Bell could potentially have Daryl Williams' days like this. Exactly, see? That's value in both of these guys, both Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but especially in Le'Veon Bell, who will be getting these touchdowns. But guess who wasn't involved pretty much at all in this game? Tyreek Hill. Five fantasy points. Demarcus Robinson had 11.9. He he was the wide receiver with the most value in this particular game. It's Patrick Mahomes, He's going to get the ball to his wide receivers in most of these games. I mean, Travis Kelsey had a great game. Travis Kelsey's always going to have a good game. So I think there are not enough fantasy points to go around once Le'Veon Bell is back. Obviously, Darryl Williams is the one who's going to drop off the face of the earth as far as guys who performed in this game. But this was such a unique situation. We can already see that the running back split, they're already ready for a 50-50 running back split. And if they start getting the ball to their wide receivers, if they start getting the ball to Tyree Kill, who is arguably the most electric player on the field at any given time in, for any team, there's not going to be enough to go around for both Clyde Edwards-Alaire And Le'Veon Bell. We will see, bro. You are going to show up even more on the Samuels is wrong segment. Now, I do have to rub something in your face. Your stupid Houston Texans giving up 40.4 fantasy points to Derrick Henry. The Texans are bad. Their run defense is bad. And this is proof at how bad their run defense is they are now averaging giving up over 30 fantasy points per game to opposing teams' running backs. I mean, yes, sure, Derrick Henry had a 40.1-point game, but you drafted Derrick Henry as a top-seven running back, so he is expected to have games like this. I think the biggest takeaway from this particular game is start your running backs against the Houston Texans. And I, I hate to admit it, but... God, you're you're spot on with that. We look, we look miserable. Um, the, the good news about that is what it means for my Texans is both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are high floor and high ceiling options for the rest of the season. The Texans defense is, is bad, like, like Schlanger is saying, and they will need to catch up by passing. And Deshaun Watson is going to be a, a fantastic option for the rest of the season. I know he struggled a little bit towards the beginning against tough defenses, but like the, the Texans are always going to be an interesting offense between their pass catchers and their quarterback, and also their tight end. Uh, I mean, Jordan Akins was out, and Darren Fells had a good game. He caught a touchdown pass. Jordan Akins has been catching touchdown passes i I think in any given week, a Texan's tight end will catch one touchdown pass and i I think it's a safe bet for as long as Jordan's Jordan Akins Jordan is out. Darren fells will get you at least seven fantasy points because he will catch a touchdown pass each freaking game. Now hold on, I don't, I don't want to move on from this game quite yet. Uh, before we keep going, you hit the Texans pass catchers. I just want to say real quick, not a whole lot of analysis. A.J. Brown is who is going to be leading the Tennessee Titans air attack for for the rest of the season. Like the dude, the dude has proven when he is healthy. He is going to be the most targeted, both regularly and especially in the red zone. If you h- held on to him this whole time and didn't trade him away for cheap, uh, A.J. Brown is going to return on that investment. And that, my friend, is an astute analysis. Anal- What's the singular of analysis? Anow, Anal- analysis. It's just an analysis. I don't. I don't think that's right. Yeah, bro, look it up dude. <laughs> Fine. That was a, 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 an astute analysis. Um, moving on to the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Is DeAndre Swift the guy? Like, is he the thing? Did they finally find their feature back that is going to be like a fantasy stud week to week? Oh, absolutely not, bro. I mean, again, in the same way that I talked about Devontae Parker, you've got to look to usage. He was out-carried by Adrian Peterson. Granted, Adrian Peterson averaged 2.7 yards per carry, and DeAndre Swift averaged 8.3 yards per carry. But, like, that's not enough to bank on, bro. DeAndre Swift only had four targets. Except, except like, that's not really on him. I think he is the pass-catching back, which is exciting. Matt Stafford just spread the ball around. I mean... Nine different players had at least two targets in this game, and the only player to get targeted and not get targeted twice was Adrian Peterson, who apparently is still kind of involved in the passing game. Adrian Peterson isn't involved in the passing game, but Adrian Peterson is their lead rusher. He is going to continue to be their bruiser I mean, he's Adrian Peterson also scored a touchdown. So we're not talking about Adrian Peterson and his 12.8 point fantasy point game. Wait, yes, that was exactly the right number of points for me to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a that was a tough one. Um, so yeah, we aren't talking about that because DeAndre Swift put up over 25 fantasy points. Um, I I am actually more confident in DeAndre Swift. I think the talent is there. I think this game proves it. And yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a miserable defense. But the Detroit Lions are looking for ways to win games. And clearly getting DeAndre Swift involved helped them win this game. And this was a game where, you know, I thought Kenny Galladay was going to be a top five option. And he only had six targets, four receptions, 105 yards. like... Again, stud day for him, but DeAndre Swift was the best-looking player in the Lions' offense today, and I think they use that moving forward. Um, anything you want to say about the Jaguars? Oof. Stay away from their pass catchers. I I just wanted, like, I talked about LaVishka Chenault last week and how much I liked them, and then what the heck is this? Three receptions for 10 total yards. Like... Get out of here with these guys. You can't predict anything. DJ Chark, of course, goes off the week after he went terribly. Um, But gosh, he doesn't even go off off. Like, he had seven receptions, but on 14 targets. Like, that efficiency is garbage. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be tough. And James Robinson also, he's saved by a touchdown, but not the kind of James Robinson games that we were seeing earlier this season. Um, Do you want to do the live read real quick? We are already running out of time in this. Yeah, yes, yes, I actually do. Thank you for remembering that, my friend. October, the spookiest time of the year. Everywhere you look, there's pure, unadulterated nightmare fuel. Ghosts, witches, 15-foot-tall skeletons, and an upcoming presidential election. The good news is... Our friends over at Refriger Helper have a solution to help you sleep easily every single night. The Dream Snatcher. When our expert Dream Snatchers detect that you are having a nightmare, they are trained to make those worst dreams disappear, leaving you with complete, utter, peaceful darkness. They're adaptable, too, blending into any kind of home decor. You can have them stand at the foot of your bed all night. They can watch you sleep from your closet. They can even silently levitate directly over your sleeping body for a perfect vantage point. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off your first dreamless sleep. That's right, 20% off, and you'll never have to worry about life's burdens ever again. Dream Snatcher, see you tonight. Well, oh, oh, nope, oh, nope, oh, that's a. That's a big nope from me, bro. That is a. You get out of here with that garbage. I. Let's. Can we just talk some more football and just act like you didn't just say any of that? Uh. What did I just. What did I just say? Uh, did I do the live read yet? What? I was just about to do the live read. Um. Can I. Can I do that real quick? Or are you just gonna keep interrupting me? Bro, you just. You just did the. F- the live you do you already did the live read why don't you i hate you so much i want to move on real quick we have one more team to uh to get through before we move on to our waiver pickups for the week we have the arizona cardinals who played uh last night against the miserable dallas cowboys kyler murray uh he might be, and actually, I'm going to change that. He absolutely is the highest floor QB in the game right now. Maybe not the highest ceiling, because Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both exist, but he is the only player in all of fantasy with at least 21 fantasy points in each game he has played this season. Like, that is literally as high of a floor as you can possibly ask for in anything, and he's he has this high floor because of his running. Like, the dude runs every single game and manages to protect himself while he does it. He got almost as many points as a runner as he did as a QB this week. He got 14 points as a rusher, 15 points throwing the ball, and he only completed nine passes. Like, how do you get that kind of Kyler Murray is just just a master of his game. If you have him, start him every week. He is not on a bye, and he'll probably still get you 20 fantasy points even when he is on a bye week. Do not listen to Schlanger. Players cannot get fantasy points on their bye weeks. Sit Kyler Murray when he has his bye. Um... Oh boy, gosh. Uh, Do I have to admit that you were right about something? Exactly. It's that time. Kenyon Drake, baby. I talked him up last week when we were talking about the conundrum of Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds. You seemed to think that Chase Edmonds was going to be the guy particularly in this game where you thought that it would be a shootout. Instead, Kenyon Drake gets 28.4 fantasy points like... This is the guy we've been looking for, and this is why I was saying last week that you needed to hang tight with Kenyon Drake. I, I distinctly disagree here, distinctly, because 19.2 of his 28.4 fantasy points came in the fourth quarter when the Cardinals had already won the game. Like, there were 15 full minutes of garbage time, and Kenyon Drake scored more than two thirds of his points in that time. I do not think that the Cardinals are going to be playing from that far ahead uh, for most games this season. So I'm still, I'm not on the Chase Edmonds train per se, uh, but I still think that they are each matchup dependent plays based on where they will be uh, in game script, whether that is positive or negative. We got to move on real quick and hit our waiver claims, our waiver pickups, like, like an instant. Um, We were just talking about the Arizona Cardinals, so I want to talk about my first waiver pickup. I think if you can get him, snag him, Christian Kirk got you 26, 22.6 fantasy points l- last night in a game in which Kyler Murray only completed nine passes. Like... The the, the, the clear—I mean, he is a deep threat. Christian Kirk is a deep threat. We know this about him. He caught two of those passes, and they were both for touchdowns. But we know Cliff Kingsbury loves to set up the long ball with play action, and with Kirk being their deep threat, he's going to have value. Now, I think you have to pick the right week to start him, but they play the Seahawks twice in the next five weeks and the Seahawks are the fourth worst team in the league, giving up an average of 7.5 yards per target. They give up the deep ball in a big way. Hop will always be, D-Hop will always be the number one option in this offense, but defenses are going to double cover him, leaving plenty of opportunities for Christian Kirk, especially against teams like the Seahawks. Who do you got? So... I know I brought up A.J. Brown as the guy that the Titans passing game is going to be going through, but we cannot forget about Jonu Smith, who was th- their clear option while A.J. Brown was struggling, and in a game in which Jonu Smith got injured, Anthony Furkshire showed the frick up. He got you 25.3 fantasy points and now Janu Smith is getting injured and 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 sure like you can say like oh he only got these points because Janu Smith got injured he's not going to have any value going forward well guess what bub bub anthony furshire got 6 of his targets before janu smith got injured Ferkser might be a part of this offense. Like, we don't know. Obviously, A.J. Brown is the only guy I want to start every week. But especially for as long as Jonu Smith is out, and maybe for even longer, um, Ferkser has value with Jonu Smith out. I think he is a top seven option at tight end. Who do you got next? I have... I have a really intriguing option Um, who is T. Higgins um, for the the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I think the Bengals might be the team that we have talked about the least on this podcast because they're just so hard to nail down. But something that we do know from the past six weeks of this season is they have to pass the ball. And T. Higgins, over the past three weeks, leads the team in targets. A.J. Green is is no longer... He's not even a factor. You can drop him if you're still holding on to him. It is Tyler Boyd, and it is T. Higgins, and T. Higgins has actually had more opportunities recently. I don't necessarily think that's the case moving forward. Tyler Boyd is the most talented pass catcher on that offense. But T. Higgins... He got you 18.7 fantasy points this week, so I think I think he's a great pickup. If he's still available in your league, snag him. Um, he could be a good flex play moving forward. Uh, do you have one final guy? I do. You set me up perfectly. Travis Fulgham. Who? I don't know. I had never heard of this guy before three weeks ago, but he got you 19.5 fantasy points this past week. And he has had at least 13 fantasy points in each game that he's been active for the Philadelphia Eagles. The dude is averaging 21.5 fantasy points. And like, I like I know it's hard not to go bananas for this guy, but I am telling you to pick him up, but I am also telling you to temper expectations. Uh next week they get Deshaun the Jackson back. They got Alshon Jeffrey is expected back sometime in the next couple weeks. So I want you to get this guy just because, like, clearly his fl- his ceiling is very high, but I think his floor could plummet once they get healthier. Yeah, but his floor might not plummet anytime soon. Zach Ertz just went out. Dallas Goddard is still out. You think Alshon Jeffrey's going to come back and immediately be uh, a huge option? Like, you brought up this guy. Stand behind him. Don't don't backtrack once, once you bring up how much you like Travis Fulgham. I think this guy has value moving forward and I didn't want to be a believer because it's the Philadelphia Eagles passing game, but he seems like the guy and especially with the injuries they are dealing with, get Travis Fulgham on your team. That is all we have time for today, remember we are part of the We Fantasy platform at We Fantasy on Twitter, www.wenofantasy.com, hit them up bother them on Twitter, please, brilliant fantasy advice from them, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Anchor, we are all over the place, please find us, please subscribe to us, please listen, and please let your friends know, A, how entertaining we are, and B how much we can help you win your league. Justin Jefferson all the way. Just don't tell them how often. Samuels is wrong. Shut up. Good day to you all. Thank you so much. Thank you.